This podcast is sponsored by Audible. Audible, stay connected, informed, and inspired. Try Audible Premium Plus for 30 days free. Your 30-day trial comes with one credit, two credits for Prime members, good for any premium selection titles you like, yours to keep. With the Audible Plus catalog of podcasts, audiobooks, guided wellness, and Audible originals, you can listen all you want. No credits needed. Go to www.audibletrial.com slash entertainment rants to start your Audible Premium Plus 30-day trial today. $14.95 a month after 30 days. Cancel any time. Audible, it's time to start listening. Welcome to the Entertainment Rants Podcast, your number one opinion source for all things entertainment. Join host Marco Mazzola as he sounds off on the latest movies, TV, music, gaming, comic books, and more. Now, here's the man of the hour, Marco Mazzola. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Entertainment Rants Podcast. I am, as always, your host, Marco Mazzola, and tonight I am joined by my very special guest, my beautiful wife, Amy. Hello, Amy. Hi. All right, so it's been a few minutes since you've been on the podcast, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as we do, um, when you come on the podcast, you have special episodes, um, you know, which would takes a, a dive different from movies sometimes or TV shows. So this week, we're going to be talking about Little Shop of Horrors. We'll, we'll get into the movie a little bit because I've seen it, but you haven't. But we're actually going to be talking about the stage production. Yes. Uh, so tell everybody where we went and where we saw the play. So on Sunday, we went to see the closing show um, of the Little Shop of Horrors at the North Shore Music Theater. Yes, that is um, Bill Haney's. Bill North- Haney's North Shore Music Theater. Yes, in Beverly, right? Mm-hmm. In uh, Beverly. Beverly, Massachusetts. So uh, we've been there a number of times. We saw the Nutcracker there. We, we did not see the Nutcracker. No, no, the Nutcracker. I'm sorry. Uh, Christmas Carol. Wow. We did. Christmas Carol. We saw um, the Music Man. Uh-huh. We saw Evita. Evita. Avita there, and what else did we see there? Um, we saw. We were supposed to see Cinderella, but the cast got COVID and canceled. We, again, we, it was like the last performance, as so, was this one, and we keep yeah. seeing the last one. We said, and we're going to see Kinky Boots. Yes, we're going to see Kinky in Boots in a couple there. of weeks. Yes, absolutely. So, um, if you've never been, a little plug for the uh, North Shore Music Theater. We, we love it there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a round theater. You know, so the stage is completely round. It's one of the only ones in the area, if anywhere, right? It's called the Theater in the Round. Theater in the, yes, Theater in the Round. Thank you very much. And um, there'll be a lot of that tonight. So, um, you know, it's fun because it's just it's it's oh, there's really no bad seats in the house mm-hmm. um you can see everything you know mm-hmm. there's some there's some structural stuff but usually it doesn't really get in the way even mm-hmm. the the pillars and whatnot that hold up the theater obviously they're not very obtrusive even if you said we had great seats you got our seats um we weren't that far from the stage no. really it, it doesn't feel like anywhere's really that far from the stage but we're probably you know more than halfway towards the mm-hmm. stage it was really nice and what else was nice is that we were kind of sitting um Oh, if there is a front mm-hmm. to a circular theater, um, you know they had a sign for the the, the flower shop. Mm-hmm. We could see the the sign that was facing us, so we were directly across from the plant from the Audrey too. So if you've seen the uh, the show, the movie, the play, lots of spoilers ahead. We're going to tell you exactly what happens, uh, and we'll do a brief synopsis, and then kind of go into what we enjoyed about the show, what we didn't, uh, and then I'll talk a little bit about the movie and its histories. Mm-hmm. Uh, the prior stage production and where it actually originated. So we'll get into that a little later. So um, shall I do the synopsis? Sure. Okay. So basically what's happening here is we're on um, Skid Row mm-hmm. and we're seeing a floral shop centered around Mushnik's floral shop on Skid Row. That's pretty much the whole name of the shop. And um, you're seeing, you know, Mr. Mushnick, who owns the shop. You see Seymour Krellborn, who's like, you know, his little nerdy guy that works for him. He uh, he was uh, an orphan, and he's lived with him based pretty much and worked for him all his life. And Audrey, who's, you know, the... Um, 
how do you want to how do you want to say she, I guess they they kind of put her as the easy girl down on Skid Row if that if that makes know. any sense I, I don't know if it's I don't know I don't know if she's easy describe but describe she's, Audrey for for me so I don't get a shutdown I don't know <laughs> I think she's um, desperate for love yeah. and acceptance that she never had so she puts up with a really abusive boyfriend yes um, who's the who, dentist DDS mm-hmm. um, you know who hits her. Yeah. And is not nice to her, and um, she's the—I don't know if she's the secretary at the flower shop, but I don't really know. What no, yeah, I think she's just another employee. Worker. Yeah, another employee who sells the flowers with them. So, yeah, it's basically that the flower—you know—who needs a floral shop on Skid Row is kind of the whole point. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't make any money. Uh, he's about ready to close the shop, uh, Mushnick, and then uh, Seymour uh, likes to um, cultivate or you know loves really you know rare and exotic plants. And uh, he happens across this really rare and exotic plant that uh, he tells the whole story of how he came upon this plant. Basically, uh, it, it turns out to be, spoiler alert, a alien plant mm-hmm. that looks basically like a giant Venus flytrap. But at first it starts out really small. Uh, it's just sticking straight up. And, you know, you, you don't know really how he doesn't really understand how to feed it or what to do with it because it doesn't come across as any plant known to man. Because, again, it's an alien plant. Um, and as the show goes on, you... He learns that he has to feed it blood, mm-hmm. uh, and at first he starts by. And one of the things we have to mention, of course, is there's a narration through this mm-hmm. whole show. The um, the three singers, yes. um, which I mean, almost like uh, what would you say? What kind of like, like, they're like, like a Motown group, like a Motown group, right? Yeah, kind of, Chiffon, Crystal, and Ronette. Thank you. Are the singers? Now, you have the program, so you're going to give mm-hmm. me all those. Um, so they they basically sing the narration almost and kind of tell you what's going on like almost in between scenes and things like that so they're the ones who start you out and uh you know it's a it's not a huge cast in the mm-hmm. production in fact a lot of them some people play multiple roles including the uh the gentleman who plays uh the doctor or the dentist mm-hmm. what's his name they have it there uh the dentist name or the man the well the name? dentist name who was the dentist name is um oren oren scavelli right scavelli scavelli yeah. and who who plays him in this production uh, let's go through that this too. this production uh, he plays a bunch of people yes Ryan Knowles. Ryan Knowles. He plays a lot, a lot of the different um, uh, people who come to mm-hmm. you know get the plant from them and like to, to sign Seymour under contract for mm-hmm. different things. And um, what else does he play? He is. He plays Orin the dentist. Yeah. He plays Bernstein, Lucy, Snip, and others. So they're basically yeah. the people who, as the plant becomes famous, as Audrey Two becomes famous. Yes. Um, they're coming to sign him to contracts, show him on Life magazine. Offering him a botanical show, right. all kinds of things. Right. Um, and so, as we go through this play, um, you see that he realized that as a plant gets bigger, being mm-hmm. fed blood, he keeps but cutting. But it has to be human blood. Has to be, apparently it has be to be human blood. blood. Yeah, he's, he, he's, he asks if he wants other things. And mm-hmm. It's like, no, no, it has to be blood and it has to be fresh. So he cuts his fingers and keeps dripping it into the blood until, until the plant until it's too big and that's not enough. And he doesn't have any more <laughs> to really. He becomes anemic and doesn't really have any more to give. Um, so then he has to start feeding actual humans. And, of course, the first one to go is the dentist because he's a dirtbag who is, you know, beating up on Audrey, who he has – obviously, Seymour has an affection for her. Mm-hmm. That's part of it. Yeah. You know, he has an affection for Audrey and, and wants to be with her. Um, but, you know, she's not going to – uh, dump the dentist because she's basically afraid of him if she does you know what he'll do mm-hmm. so um, Seymour ends up um, he doesn't actually kill him per se he just doesn't save him there's the gas the gas the the, the, the laughing gas basically mm-hmm. takes it he can't get the mask off and so um, in other renditions he does actually kill him um, 
and I'll go into that a little later and how it differs from the original movie, which is mm-hmm. what this is based off. It's actually not based off an original play. It's based off a 1960 movie by Roger Corman. And then came the plays and then other movies. So that that's where we get this one from. Um, so... As he, you know, so then the, the plant starts growing, and it's just sort of like he gets caught up in the whole thing. He doesn't really know how to stop it because now the, the shop is wildly famous, and you know they're making more money than they've ever made. So he's got to keep this going, and everybody wants to see the plant. And then while they're there, they buy tons of flowers, and the plant just keeps growing and growing, and has to keep feeding human humans. And um, you know, people one by one start biting the dust uh, on this, including Mister mm-hmm. Mushnick. Yep, he who gets it. Well, Mushnick figures out. He figures out that. that what's happening, what Seymour's doing. That Seymour and, has... And that Seymour killed the dentist. Yeah. Killed Orin. Right. Um, so that that's an interesting take. Mm-hmm. Um, then by the end of it, mm-hmm. in the play version, and not the original movie. So no, the, but the play. The play, Seymour dies, but so does Audrey. Audrey mm-hmm. goes first. Mm-hmm. The plant attacks her he gets her away but then she's pretty much been bit and is yeah. going to die so she ends up dying in his arms and then he feeds her to the plant she's like what the hell what am i gonna do with this thing mm-hmm. um and this person so well, she tells him to yeah she says you know do that yeah and then you know he go in, in the um stage production that we saw he goes in there to take the plant out like mm-hmm. he doesn't just sacrifice himself like oh forget this i'm just i'm, just, I'm done with this he goes in there basically to kill the plant from within mm-hmm. and it doesn't work he ends up getting eaten um in the original movie the dentist does die uh Mishnick does not and neither does audrey and the plant's not named audrey too it's named audrey jr so he calls it jr the whole entire uh movie um he ends up committing suicide in the movie he can't take the fact that he's a murderer, oh. and he just willingly. So in the in the original movie, which is kind of weird, the plant does grow. It's 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 it was an old black and white movie from the nineteen sixties, and eventually they colorized it, which looks kind of weird sometimes. But they did a nice job colorizing it. But um, he go the plant when it eats somebody. So in the movie and the show, you see like the the little plants that come out mm-hmm. like that look like Audrey. Um, this one has these big, like almost like sunflower buds. And when it opens up, there's a weird picture, almost like a drawing of the person it ate. So you know that's oh. how people figure it out because at one point there's like a whole bunch of different buds that come out, and there's like a whole bunch, this whole crowd in the in the floral shop, and all the buds start opening, and it's the people that that were missing. Oh my god! So eventually, at the end of the movie, like Seymour's mother is there, and and Audrey and and Mushnick, and, the, and then the, the bud opens up, and it's Seymour. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, so it's a little weird, um, and uh, and that's kind of how it ends, mm-hmm. right? That there isn't like this whole like, and then the thing, you know, this alien plant takes over the earth. Yeah, um, and then so I was weirded out because when I saw the play. The first time I've ever seen a stage production, and we'll get into the whole quality of stage production because I know you really loved it, and I did too. I think you liked it more than I did, but um, I did enjoy it. I, I will say that. Um, but the movie with Rick Moranis, um, there's an original theatrical release where Audrey and Seymour don't die, and they go off and live their little happy life with their white picket fence and you know the whole thing, which is what they kind of talk about getting out of Skid Row and having a nice life together. So that ends up with happening. But then there's a director's cut. Mm-hmm. Which is completely different. Which is everybody dies. Yeah, well. <laughs> Audrey dies. Rick Moranis dies. He mm-hmm. does not die saving. He dies trying to defend himself from mm-hmm. the plant. The plant's obviously attacking him, and he's in the floor. He just keeps, and the plant just grabs him and eats him. 
like it's again it's a different variation he doesn't commit suicide nor does he try to like sacrifice himself to get in the plant to blow it up um but in the original theatrical release he does kill the plant he hits it with electricity like something breaks electrical lines and he, he you know sticks the plant with electricity mm-hmm. and it shocks the thing and it it blows and that's the whole thing but yet in their little happy life when you see this little picturesque you know house mm-hmm. with a book of you look in the garden one of the Audrey's is sitting there and it smiles at you. So it's like, okay, it's still kind of going to happen. Yeah. But the director's cut is wild. So he dies and then the plants lit. It's a, it's a Roger Corman, like crazy stop motion. Like it's really, you know, it's a director's cut, so it's not really well done. They didn't put all the money into it. Yeah. But you can see the plant like taking over the earth. So like oh. the people running from New York and these mm-hmm. giant plants come from everywhere out of, you know. Mm-hmm. So in the, in the way off tra- topic here, kind of, but like, Mm-hmm. I was watching this tonight because I've never seen the director's cut, so I kind of zoomed through because I wanted to see what was different about the ending. And, you know, it happens as a guy who's a famous actor, I forget his name, but he, he basically gets the rights to the plant and has all the buds. And it's all over the world, they're selling these little plants. Mm-hmm. These Audrey's, too, because, oh my God, everybody wants one, right? But it's amazing that the only way these things can grow is by feeding it human blood. But yet, all over the world, all these plants have now grown really big. Like, how many people are duped into feeding well, these plants human lots, blood? But I think it's an allegory, for right? For that, it takes over the whole world. Yeah, but and I think nobody's like, this kind of sucks. Let's just take this stupid plant out before it gets too big. No, and it can kill people on its own. I think it's an allegory for all kinds of things about the human condition, right? Like, how many things do grow and grow and grow like that? And until we don't really realize, until it's too late. But, uh, there's lots the, of things. But the progression can- of that plant. Like it gets, it's mildly. Don't take big. it as the plant. That take it as the message it's trying to send. I, I, I got to take some of it as the plant. Like it gets to be a certain not. point where there is. It's not a point of no return. There's a point of no return, but they're not at that point, and it's still you're still feeding this thing blood. It's not a point where it can then but kill people a, on its own. It still needs help. Yeah, but there's a point of no return with a lot of things, and people don't often realize the tipping point. Yeah, it just you seems know? like the, the amount of people on the earth are like, yeah, I'll kill people. To get this thing huge. Think of the amount of people on the earth who suffer from addiction, though. You know what I mean? Like, it's a similar thing. Like, there's a tipping point there with any kind of illness or things like that that you often don't realize until it's too late. It's definitely a message. You know? I mean, I, I think... Uh, well, I think it's a message. Like, I do. I think it's a... You know, I think you can take it as a funny, campy show, or you can take it and think about it a little more deeply as the message, right? Yeah, that and that's really what the director's cut gives us, right? Mm-hmm. None of the other really... Yeah, the original movie was something different, mm-hmm. um, where he commits suicide and he ends up in there, but he's the only one who goes. Um, and obviously, the the stage production is something different. So, okay, mm-hmm. so let's get into the actual stage production now that we've been about 14 minutes on <laughs> the movies. Not that we can't go back there, but let's talk about the actual stage production, because it was wonderful. And, I thought it was you, great. This is, this is your first introduction. Obviously, you've heard of it before, but mm-hmm. you've never seen the movies. No, I've and heard you've this. You've never sound- seen a star, uh, stage production. I've never seen it done. I've heard the soundtrack because yeah. you can't really be around the theater and not. Yeah, right. I've heard the soundtrack, and I I always thought it was cool and interesting, but mm. I've just never, for some reason, never seen it. Yeah, I loved it. Talk to me why? I thought well, so I love the fifties flair to mm-hmm. it with the um with the chorus with the three girls, Almost kind of a the singers. Yeah, I loved that. I thought that was really brilliantly done. Yep. But I also like the idea that here are these people, you know, trying to better themselves and they're in a desperate condition and desperate people do desperate things, mm-hmm. right? So you can take that any way you want. But I think that, um, you know, Seymour's desperate to make money, to make a name for himself, to save Mr. Mushnick, to do better for Audrey. Mm-hmm. And so he does. He and knows to get in a good way with Audrey. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Just but have he her knows, see him as something mm-hmm. other than just, you know, knucklehead. He knows this isn't a good thing. He knows this is not a good idea. Yeah. But it starts off small. And then it grows. A couple of fingers. A couple of fingers. Yeah. All it takes. And then it grows and then it grows. And pretty soon it gets beyond his control. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that's, you know, when I was watching it, I mean, the cast was tremendously talented. Mm-hmm. Audrey's voice was beautiful. Seymour's voice was really great. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the cast. So, let, let, since it's a stage production here mm-hmm. and a local, more of a local thing, let's let's go through the actors and um, who played so who. Seymour was played by Andrew Montgomery Coleman. Mm-hmm. He was great. Mm-hmm. He was great. His voice was just beautiful. He really carried it. I thought yeah. he played the role of Seymour very well. Yeah, he had that like, geeky, uh, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. innocent, yeah, you know, vibe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Audrey um, was Kim Sava, and she is Kim Sava. Um, she was tremendous. Such mm. a beautiful voice. Yeah, and she um, she did the accent really well. That New York, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I have to say, you know, I like leopard print. There was lots of leopard print. Lots happening. of leopard print. Yes, you There's were in heaven. Yes, leopard print happening. Absolutely, I enjoyed the costuming. Yep. very much. Um, the girls, the chorus, chiffon, chiffon was Maria Sylvia Norris. Crystal was Charlotte Odusia. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. And Renette was Erica Dern. Durham and they were ter- they were terrific. Like mm. I, I love the harmony. I love three part harmony, four part harmony, that kind of stuff. Yep. They sang tremendously well. They could really belt. Um, yes, it was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, <laughs> then you have uh, Ryan Knowles playing the dentist. Yeah, who I thought he was very funny. Right, right. He has a very um, bass voice, mm-hmm. and then the part obviously is written for a bass actor, yeah. right, to sing, but. He was just his beautiful voice. He was um, a homeless guy in the beginning too. Yes, yeah, I mean, for sure. Yeah, he played real. a lot of different roles. Yeah, uh, he played a lot of different roles, but he did. I mean, it was it was really really well done, and I think he played up that part of the dentist. Like these characters are not multi dimensional, right? They're very much one dimensional. Yes, and so in some ways, I think that makes it easier to play because you just do it up. Yeah. Right? I think Seymour is multidimensional, but everybody else is more like... Yeah, it, they, they this, are what you, you get. They're, they're, it's right on front street as to who they are, mm-hmm. and they don't have to vary from... I mean, he was... The dentist is very... Um, you know, he's a masochist. He's misogynistic. He's, he, you know, he... Um, he's a sadist. Sadist, excuse me. Wow. Got that mixed up. Um, he's a sadist. He just loves conflicting pain um, on people. That's why he became a dentist. You know what I mean? Um, he likes enjoying it with his laughing gas and mm-hmm. constantly taking it. Um, what did you think of that? What, that he was taking the laughing yeah, gas? Yeah, yeah, I think it's... Um I don't know. It was interesting. It was a twist. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it was talking about this guy who's really a pretty evil person like and enjoyed inflicting pain upon others you know it's it, I think part of what it's trying to tell you is that you can't you know you can't judge a book by its cover right mm-hmm. like this guy was successful and um, he was you know doing well and he was terrible Yeah, he treated Audrey terribly and Seymour didn't have you know Two pennies trapped together, and he was a pretty sweet guy. Yeah. So and it's the first kill of the show, so you kind of like, you know, you, you not overlook it, but you're like, yeah, I probably would have done that, too. Or, you know, I could, yeah, you know, I could kind of, yeah, it's like, all right, you know what, he's on this, he's not on this earth anymore, so well, the earth's a little bit better off without him. So, all right, Seymour, no worry, you get a pass on this one. Um, then the passes start going away. <laughs> well, and because Seymour doesn't kill him, right? Like, Seymour just, 
he's using his laughing gas mask. Yeah. Then and he gets stuck, and Seymour just doesn't help him. Doesn't help him. Yeah. I mean, Seymour goes there to kill him. Yeah. With a gun, intending yeah. to, but he can't yeah. do it. Yeah. Side note on the um, movie version when at the end Seymour has the gun again um, with the plant and he's trying to shoot the plant. And then at some point the plant gets the gun and starts shooting at him. It's a six shooter. They shoot off at least like 14 or 15 shots at each other. They never reload that gun once. I love watching stuff. Like, it's you know it's a farce. It's it's a goofy mm-hmm. movie. I love watching stuff like that. It's like that 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 be a six shooter there. That that that's out of bullets at this point. Like oh, Seymour sure. shot off at least four himself. <laughs> and then the blank gets at it. She's off like another nine at him. First of all, how does the pl- I please I can't even with yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, like sure. how does the plant even able to shoot? Well, it's got the tentacles. You know, it's got all those tentacles. It's how it moves around and everything like that. So it's holding on and did a little beep beep and shoots it. But yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a giant alien plant. So there's a lot of suspension of disbelief. Yes, for, for the sure. whole for the whole movie, um, which is okay. I mean, it it is a really fun production. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I thought the the production itself was really fun. Um, I had some struggles with it. Uh, I, I tend to, and this is just me. I tend to have a struggle with their audio. Um, it's it seems to be a little too loud at some points. I um, didn't notice it at all with this. It one. was with the Christmas Carol, and it was still at this one. There's mm-hmm. certain there's certain parts of certain songs, music that it's just like the main's a little too high. Where as a point where even my watch went off is your watch has an audible or decibel level meter, and if mm-hmm. it goes off too far, too high, it says, like, you know, uh, this could hurt your ears. Even my I looked at my watch, my watch had gone on, like, yeah, it's a little too high in here. Um, so, and I mean, that can go off at concerts and stuff like that, but that's meant to be that way. I just think the audio is a little louder than it needs to be for a theater in the round. The place is a good-sized theater. I'm not trying to say it's a small theater, but it's not, you know, the garden. It's not the Wang Theater. It's not... The Wilbur, even it, it's smaller than that, and the audio doesn't need to be that high because yes, you're because you're sitting on top of it, right? Because the speakers are all around you in the ceiling; it's directed right at you. Whereas, like necessarily, sometimes in a bigger theater, like the, it's up near up near the front, and it has to reach all the way in the back. But this theater, it's like everything's in, it's all almost the same. You know, there's yeah. not that much of a difference. So I don't know. I didn't particularly notice that. It it really I enjoyed every minute of this production. Like I thought it was really wonderful. I thought it was well casted. I enjoyed the whole thing. I thought the costumes were great. I thought the mm-hmm. cast was amazing. I love the songs. There's a few extra songs mm-hmm. in there that aren't necessarily like you know that I remember from the uh, soundtracks and things mm-hmm. like that. They're you know being a production thing like that. There's a few extra songs that they probably left out of the movie. Mm-hmm. Or well, sure. again, the movie, the movie first movie came first, and the stage production, which obviously added a lot to it because the mm-hmm. original movie is not that big it's a black mm-hmm. it's an old 60s black and white it's really not that grandiose so they filled in a lot when they went to the stage production yeah. and then carried it through to the 86 movie well and i think the first act is much longer than the second act yeah and that so somebody said that on the way out i could hear somebody saying that mm-hmm. when we were leaving the first act is a lot longer than the second act yeah and i think that's i mean it makes sense it's done that way for a reason um because i think you know after the after there's a bit of time up to the first kill well, yeah, like and after, after the that, dentist it, dies, yeah, like, it, it doesn't, shifts. you know, yeah. Then it's kind of quick after that. Yeah, and I think that that, you know, I mean, I think in some ways it makes a lot of sense because you need all that buildup. Yeah. Right, to get to that point yeah. where Seymour is like, this is my only choice, this is what I have to do. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think it, I, I mean, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I was glad the second act was shorter um, <laughs> because the intermission was too short for me to use the bathroom. <laughs> Um, but actually, I, it wasn't. They just got you there back quicker. They started flashing the lights, and you could have made no. it. <laughs> you could anyways, have made it. but anyway. But anyways, it was. I mean, I thought it was really, really well done, and yeah. I like. I really 
I, I have to say, like, I always enjoy the plays there. I like that the um, the sets are always pretty minimal. Mm-hmm. But I felt a little too minimal on this one. Oh, no. I think it was yeah. really meaningful. No, because you didn't really need it. Like, the Audrey 2, in yeah. and of itself... And when it was huge, when it was big. Yeah, yeah, but I also think, like, there's a lot with this that needs to be left to the imagination. Like, yeah. Skid Row, if you try to depict it, it's going to end up looking like a farce or... Um, derogatory or disrespectful or a lot of different things. Yeah, and I didn't mind think- Skid Row so much as the floral shop as much I thought we could have used a little bit more. No, like I, like, I don't know. It's like even the door was just like barely a door frame. Like in the yes, windows because, were like well because it's theater in the round. No, I know, I know. But people. we've we've seen other productions there where it was a little bit more. It was a little bit. There was a little bit more to the sets. I remember Music Man. And and of course, uh, um, uh, a Christmas Carol. There was definitely more to the sets. So it was a little bit bigger. It was a little bit more grandiose to it, but still able to see everything in a theater in the round production. Well, no, I um, I didn't like with Music Man. Uh, not Music Man. Excuse me. With Christmas Carol, there were a lot more scaffoldings. Like there was a lot more because you know Marley Hinks from the ceiling yeah, yeah, yeah. and all of that. And um, I don't know. I liked I liked this better. I preferred this. I prefer. I like the minimal set. Um, I thought it worked really well for this because yeah. I think a lot of this really operates to your imagination. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that. Yeah, so in my brain, and I get what you're saying 100%, in my brain it goes through the 66 Batman series where the first two seasons were very, especially the first season was very, they spent a lot of money on it and the sets were full on full sets. By the time you get to the third season, the popularity had waned. It was just slats and suggested sets. So that's where my brain hit. It's like, oh, it's kind of like, all right, they just kind of went third season Batman on this one. They didn't really put as much into it. I felt like this should have been a little bit more. Not everything is third season Batman. This one was. For me. No, it wasn't. For me. For me. I have my opinions, and I'm okay to have my opinion. I love how you're shaking your head at my opinion. All right, we'll move on since I'm apparently not allowed to have an, my own opinion. You can have your own opinion. But you can't say it's wrong, then. I didn't say it was wrong. I just said I disagreed with it. Oh, Okay. That's what the shaking the head meant. Mm-hmm. Got it. All right. Usually that means no, you're wrong. But okay, we'll move on from there. Um, so anyway, getting back at it, the music. Let's talk about the music itself. What was your favorite song? Um, <laughs> you know I ask these questions every time. <laughs> I like, so I do like, I liked Somewhere That's Green. I think that just really showcased her voice beautifully. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was really kind of like painful to listen to yeah like how much she's just longing for a normal life yeah um i also liked um i liked now it's just the gas yep. like i found that really funny yeah um and i like anything where the um where the uh the trio was yeah like they really really added to everything yeah I would say um, the main title music is awesome. It's very catchy. It's it's still in my head. Yeah, exactly. It's, it gets in your head and it stays in mm-hmm. your head. It's an ear. It's an ear. It definitely stays uh, another there. Another thing that I like, and I know that you don't like this as much, but I like musicals that are more sung than acted. This one I like. This was a lot more sung than some of the other stuff we said. I, I did appreciate that, but I knew that going in. Yeah. You know what I mean? If the TV, if the movie is very musical, then the, the stage production mm-hmm. is going to be even more so. Yeah. So I knew that going in. So I, I had, on this one, I had no problem with that whatsoever. You know, obviously, when we saw Vita, we know the whole thing is sung. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there there's no real dialogue. Dialogue is just all sung completely. So And I don't, I don't I'm okay. mind. I'm okay. I, I love that. Yeah. You know? I enjoy yeah. the... Um, I enjoy the... Comp- like, I enjoy when it's more sung. Like, that's yeah. my favorite part of a musical. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, no, I mean, there's definitely some musicals, you know, whatever, have more songs and some have more dialogue than others. You know, I said I was in Annie and there's definitely more dialogue, even though it's very much based on the songs itself. Um, you know, it's a lot of dialogue, but then obviously the beautiful songs are in there, too. So I like that when there's an mm-hmm. even somewhat of an even mix. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, this was really good. A lot of a lot of songs in this one. Um, but I thought a right amount. I thought there was enough dialogue and the right amount of songs. What was your favorite song? Um, it's I, I like suddenly Seymour. Do you? Yeah, for some reason I've always like I, I liked that on the movie and I liked it the way they did it yeah. on the show. I thought that was really mm-hmm. good. I thought it was beautiful voices again. It was really well done. But I, that's always been one of my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was I was like when I said when I saw it on the stage production at the North Shore Music Theater in Beverly, Massachusetts. I liked that. Uh, Little plug there. Um, I liked I liked their version of it. I thought that was really well done. I thought they did a great job with that. No, I have I I yeah. Seymour was really Seymour was great. Yeah, his voice is really beautiful. I yeah. like a I like a tenor. Voice. And what did you think of the actor who played Mr. Mushnick? Um, I thought he was. <laughs> I thought he embodied the role very well. Yeah, you know, I think he was an older man. Mm-hmm. Um. And and I think he played like when you hear the name Mr. Mushnick, it yeah. conjures up a certain vision in your head, at yeah. least for me. And he played exactly how I expected him to. Yeah, I think for me one of the things that was was lacking a little bit for the production is you know it's Skid Row, it's clearly meant to be New York. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And there wasn't like Audrey had the accent, and pretty much nobody else did. Now her accent's it's huge it's over the top it's that sort of gum snapping do you know what i mean almost mm-hmm. flow from you know alice type uh you know like that heavy thick accent obviously hers was southern but this is new york but i felt like nobody else really had it yeah mushnik didn't suddenly had the accent you know um seymour didn't no but i think mushnik had a different accent right like i think mushnik mushnik had Mushnik had a different take on New York. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's it's a Jewish name, right? Right, but he didn't really even even have that sort of uh, error. Really, you really thought, thought of so the, the the Jewish New York accent? One hundred percent. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it at all. Not at all. But I, I didn't really hear it enough. Like I, I just thought it was a little little not there that it, you know should have been a little bit more played up like because Audrey played hers up. Obviously, the actress doesn't sound like that in real life. You know, so she really played it up. And I would like to have heard him play it up just a little bit more than that, you know. Um, Seymour, you know, it's kind of the everyman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So does he? I mean, in theory, he grew up there, so he should have the accent. And you know what I mean? In the reality, but you know, not everybody does. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? I, I'm from Boston, but not Boston proper. Like I didn't grow up in South Haven like that, so I don't have a Boston accent per se. Mm-hmm. Some people might hear a little bit different, a little bit more of it than I think I do, but. I don't have like a thick Boston accent, but you know, there are certainly people who live in Boston who you know, grew up in Boston that don't actually have that mm-hmm. Boston accent. You know what I mean? My mother used to more so, and she's you know she lived in Newton for so long it's mostly gone unless she gets really tired or <laughs> annoyed, then starts to come out a little bit. She was the first one to admit it, but she used to have a pretty good Malden Boston accent, and now it's pretty much gone from having lived in Newton for the last forty some odd years, almost fifty. You know what I mean? Yeah, fifty. So. You know, it, it can come and go, but the fact that he didn't have one at all was a little, a little weird. I think you know, but I, I get the everyman aspect, which which kind of it's there's a good and a bad, right? Like it, unfortunately, sometimes the stereotype happens where like 
the good characters don't have an accent the bad characters mm, do that's a good point so you don't really want to hit that if you you know what i mean mm-hmm. if you didn't obviously audrey wasn't a bad character no neither she's was a troubled Hushnick. character but neither was he but like so many of those you know either productions movies whatever you know the bad guys quote unquote are down, they, they have a, some sort of an accent from where mm-hmm. they're from and the good guy never yeah. does no it's true and i think that that's a really good point i hadn't thought of that but like audrey definitely wasn't a, a bad character no and the dentist had no accent Right. Whatsoever. So I think that that doesn't really play out here. Yeah. But I think with Seymour, because he was so innocent, like, yeah. I think personally for me, having the accent would have ruined it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like having a, it just would have taken away from the innocence yeah. in some ways. And that would have, that would have been tough for me. Yeah. I got you. I understand. No problem. Um, all right. What other parts, like what was your really, you know, other than the song, what did you really like about you know the, the the show. What's your? We're gonna go favorite parts and least favorite parts because we always have to do that. Um, I think. Oh, I don't know. One of my one of the parts that I really like is um, before they sing "Suddenly Seymour" and they're doing the contract and callback in the morning when mm-hmm. they're on the phone and talking and back and forth. I really liked that part. Like oh, when they getting all the orders they, and stuff like yeah, that. Like that was how, great. How in sync they were. Yes. How well they did that. Yeah, like it was pulled off really, really well. Yeah, they were tremendous yeah. when they did that. That was really, really. Cool. That was a lot, and they did it for a while too. Yeah. It wasn't like a two-second thing. Like that went on for a mm-hmm. while, and so pull that off is a lot of rehearsal. Yeah. To it get was that great. so in sync and so you know flawless, if you will, so smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they might say it's different. You know, be like that's not as easy as it looks, obviously, but. No, yeah, that was the, pretty incredible. Yeah, they made it pretty seamless. That was pretty cool. I liked that. Um, I also liked that. I mean, I really enjoyed the dentist song. Like, mm-hmm. I think I enjoyed kind of, you know, because he's the bad guy. And I enjoyed a little bit, like, watching him get his. Yeah. Because he kind of stomped on everybody and used everybody. Um, I I really enjoyed that. And I enjoyed Somewhere That's Green. Gotcha. Like, it was really, I don't know, it's just it just really hit me how much she wanted that life. And I knew she wasn't ever going to get it. Right. And I think that was probably why it made me so sad. Because I knew what was going to happen. Which totally shocked me. As I said, I watched the movie first. Mm-hmm. I watched the original theatrical release first. Mm-hmm. So when she bites it, and then Seymour bites it, I'm like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> I don't remember this at all. This is not the way it's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I read the synopsis yeah. before we went. Because I don't like to be surprised. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I did not. I wanted to be surprised mm-hmm. you know what i mean but and, and half of it was just you know hubris like ah, i've seen this before i saw the movie this, that's all right they're just gonna play do a stage version of it what the hell mm-hmm. everybody bites it all right got it what about you so um i liked some of the changes um i liked uh the doc the dentist um i love the actor it was really good and, and, and played him very well um, I love the the songs and their voices. Um, we talked about the stage, you know, production version of like you know the the the, the, the sets and things like that. Um, the Audrey two was really done well. Um, I enjoyed that and how they played it off and they just kind of you know it, was, it kept coming on and up from the side of the stage. Um, I kind of wished at the end it came up from the center. They had a version that was like mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. took over the whole stage yeah that would have been really and it spun around and people could you know we could have seen everybody could have seen it you know i kind of felt bad for people who were like sitting beside it the whole show 
there were people on both sides of the thing in the theater, yeah. so they weren't really really seeing the front of it or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I felt bad for them. Um, but if they had like a giant version or something that came out from the center, I thought that would have been really cool. Um, but you know, other than that, uh, the, the, the actual puppet and everything was pretty cool. Um, it took me a second when Seymour is holding the pot mm-hmm. and it's talking. Did you notice? What was happening? So he had it. He was holding on with two hands, and he was walking. But the thing is talking, and so the, his right arm was fake, and his he had another arm going into his jacket, and it was oh. going up. And he was manipulating the puppet. Well, sure. He the had right to arm was just like fake because you can kind of see like they didn't fill. I thought they should have filled out the, the sleeve a little bit more. It was kind of almost like wispy a little bit, mm-hmm. and then they had the hand. It was like one of those fake Halloween hands glued to the pot. So even when he fell and rolled, that hand never let go or anything like that because it was fake. And so he's holding on with his left hand, I think it was, like for real, and his right hand is manipulating the puppet from the under from underneath. So like from every couple once in a while you see an angle, you can mm-hmm. see where his arm was kind of poking, you know what I mean, from another sleeve of sort the of thing. So that, that was pretty funny. Um but I thought it was a really good way to get around it. Mm-hmm. First stage production. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? For sure. Um you know, I think uh and I, thought, I thought that was really cool. I thought the person who did the manipulation for the giant Audrey did a really good job. Mm-hmm. And then the singer, who is this? Let's give credit to the singer who did the voice for Audrey, too. Because I thought she was amazing. I gotta go back a page. Okay, you go back a page. I thought she was incredible. Uh, Tara Connor Jones. Okay. She was amazing. Yeah, she was. Woof, boy, did she fill a room. Baby! Yeah, she was really good. And she she played that all the way till the end, even after the uh, the bows mm-hmm. <laughs> that she was still doing. And I thought that was really cool. I thought she well, did so an amazing job. Well, so you know who job. she was. Yeah. But even as they were leaving, after she'd already ever she'd introduced her and you mm-hmm. knew who she was, she was still doing it as everybody was like running off the stage. I thought it was really cool. Um, I love that kind of exuberance and passion for it. I thought that was really good. Yeah, it so, was great. Yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Um, would you go back and see it again? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah? Would you see, like, a different production from somewhere else? If, like, they had mm-hmm. it on Broadway oh, or oh, yeah. in Boston? I like Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. Yeah, I really like it. I would uh, totally go see it So again. you like the story? You like, you know, where it goes? Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, I would, too. I mean, I would like to see, now that I know the you know, other ending. Uh, <laughs> not a surprise anymore. Uh, everybody bites it. I would... Um, I would definitely like to see it again and see how somebody else pulls it off too. You know what I mean? Um, even a bigger production. You know what I mean? Where they could, you know, you think about like New York or Boston, what they could pull off with the yeah. with all that. Because it is. I mean, God bless them. That is a really ambitious thing to take on. Mm-hmm. You know, even though the sets are minimal, like just doing the Audrey two. You know, though, is a like a lot of that's yeah, a lot. But, that's a huge undertaking, especially where a lot of people have the movies mm-hmm. or movie in their brain. They've seen that. You know what, though, like lots of high schools do a little shop of horror. So yeah. I think there's something like, and not that high school productions aren't great. Yeah. I was, you know, I did a bunch myself, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, um, you know, I think there's something about it that can make it accessible yeah. for people, and I think there's a way to make Audrey accessible yeah. and not as you know doesn't have to be as uh, it flourish is the word that's coming to my mind but it doesn't have to be done with so much flourish and pomp yeah. and circumstance it can be done on a smaller scale yeah and I think I mean I think it could still be just as good but, but at some point it has to be huge because it has to be able to eat a human well sure but I think it doesn't so be able to pull that off yeah. and make mm-hmm. it manipulate where it can actually so, yeah, you know, but a I human think can actually go ways, inside the plant I think and, there's other ways to do it yeah you know I mean I think there's obviously there's ways to do it that other people have found. Sure. I don't know what they are, but yeah. that's, you know, yeah. something. So, so your next venture is you got to actually watch the movie with me. Okay. Uh, we can watch either the theatrical or the director's cut or both, or mm-hmm. just watch the 
theatrical and then watch the ending to the director's cut or something like that. I don't really care. Whatever you want to do. We'll see. Okay. We'll see how that goes. Um, what else? You said we're watching Kiki Boots next. Is that coming out? When is, is that? Talk to us about when is that? Uh, November 6th. Okay. Well, when is the actual production on when this? Is the production yeah. Because the six is the last, right? Yeah. Like, once so, again, we're seeing like oh, the last look, show. Look, I have a. Uh, I have information here. Yes, you do. Uh, so, Kinky Boots is from October 25th to November 6th. Okay. And actually, I didn't know this. It's based on the book by Harvey Firestein. And the music and lyrics are by Cindy Lauper. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yep. Yeah. I didn't know that. I've so. never seen the movie, and I'm not going to, like, until after we see the play. So, like, little, I'm reversing Little Shop of Horrors. I, it's a good idea. Yeah. As you I don't want to compare it. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. not that I had a problem with comparing this one or anything like that. Like, I was upset about it. But, you know, again, it was different. But this time, I think I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to watch the show, the stage production, and then, I'll, you know, maybe we'll come back and watch the movie at some point. You know what I mean? Um, not necessarily before we do a podcast on it. But, you know, at some point, we'll do that. No. I'm really looking forward. I wanted to see Kinky Boots for a while. Yeah. So we're sad we missed Cinderella. Hopefully, the Cadbury's well and that cast is, is well and got it's over just, their covid and, i know it's just crappy timing sometimes. yeah it happens you know but as long as everybody's healthy and mm-hmm. it's okay it's good and then uh, next year they have a bunch of stuff coming up they do uh, we haven't quite decided what we want to to mm-hmm. see next year they're doing the carol king musical so beautiful sound of music yeah. they're doing um, elvis production they're doing an elvis production um, Margaritaville, Jimmy Buffett, yeah, and there's a there's another one, and I can't remember. Oh, we're gonna go see the Curious George one with uh, we with are with, the with our son. Yeah. yeah, that's in, but that's the kids' version. That's yeah. the kids' one. Yeah, um, that's in March. Yes, but so if you guys get tickets for that one, go go check that one out. And you know this this podcast is gonna drop on Tuesday, so yeah, which is October fourth. Uh, so um, you'll still be able to get tickets for Kinky Boots. Kinky Boots. Um, and I don't know, maybe you know the next year, or whatever. We're some at some point, we're gonna take the kid out to see a Christmas. Carol. Not for a while though. It's pretty scary. No, not next year. No, no, no not next year. It'll be three. It's it's pretty scary. Yeah. Uh, that was a pretty, if you heard our podcast on that one, is that midsection there when Marley's flying around and whatnot. It's it's pretty scary. So definitely not for a three year old. Which is what I wanted to talk to you about this one too. Is we still got time. Um, Little Shop of Horrors. There were a lot of kids in the audience. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on that? Oh, I think it's perfectly like I would have taken him if he was older. Yeah. Like 10, 11. You, 10, 11, You think sure. is what yeah. do you think is too young? I don't know. I think it depends on the kid, right? Like, I think how freaked out is your kid going to get? Because I think you need to think about, like, I wouldn't necessarily take a six-year-old. Yeah. Right? But I think it depends on, like, <laughs> I think it depends on what your kid's going to, what your kid's been exposed to and how prone they are to nightmares. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. There's definitely how, how, how easily do they have the nightmares on things. Um, yeah, uh, I know. I get what you're saying. The I'm just trying to see here. The uh, original movie is a PG-13. Yeah. All right. Um, so I don't really know again with the stage production, um, but the original movie, not, not everybody bites it in the end. Um, but that's kind of like where you're my brain better. went. Huh? You're still better. I'm a little bitter about that. Uh, well, because I like a happy ending, and it was not a happy ending. No. The, the original theatrical movie is a, a much no, more of a happy ending. Because life isn't always happy. I know. I know, but I live real life. So when I go to a show or a movie, I like a little escapism because that's what a show or a movie is, is kind of an escapism. But this is a metaphor. It's a wonderful metaphor. For but how crappy things take over. I understand that, but we, do we need metaphors when we see it in real life all the time? No, I want to go to a theater production a to have some nice, 
I can have a metaphor. We're going to see things that aren't metaphors. Kinky Boots is not a metaphor. How do you know? Have you seen it? No, but I was reading about it. It's not a metaphor. Eh, it could still be. Okay. Well, we'll do, we'll we'll put a pin a in feeling, that. Honestly, I think I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be facetious. I actually think it is. I think there's some message behind what's going on in this. There's, mm-hmm. there's an internal message going on. Well, there, us- there usually okay. is. So Most plays we'll, and movies have some sort of a moral or message behind mm-hmm. them. Let's put a pin in that and remember to come back to it for kinky boots. We definitely will. We absolutely will. Um, so as far as the kid things, I mean, the only thing I found, you know, it's just that there's a lot of obviously there's a lot of death. But it's not just death, death. It's a lot of like this murder and killing, and you know mm-hmm. what I mean. This giant, yeah. scary plant is eating people, um, you know, and this person who's just you know feeding chopped up people to a plant. I thought that was a little, little much for some kids. I mean, um, I think it depends on your kid. You yeah. know what I mean? I also think like we've met six-year-olds who play Call of Duty, so. But we've also seen what happens to them when they right. do. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> they come up with some pretty outlandish crap. They do. There's a there's things a, that a six year old should not be saying. No. There's a variety of things. There's there's just a variety of approaches to this in this world. That's yes. all I'm saying. Uh, definitely. Absolutely. Don't have to be necessarily on either end of the spectrum. No, definitely not. Absolutely not. All right. So overall, what would you give this uh, rating? How many mics? Would you, how many? You know, what do what do you want to say tonight? Not mics. What would you think in a theater review? I don't. know. How many thumbs up? Thumbs up. No. Well, what would know. a theater review uh, calculation I be? I have no idea, my love. How many stars? How many? I would give it five stars. I really five enjoyed stars. it. Five stars. I enjoyed it. Good Lord. And call the Northshire Music Theater. So I don't I paid you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't say that. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. People know my humor on this podcast. It's f- just fine. A couple of weeks we were talking about uh, what's her name's new candle and goop. I'm going to give Hamilton seven stars. <laughs> seven out of five? Okay, well, yes, well, that's right. We are going to see Hamilton. We got tickets to Hamilton in January. Best well, Christmas present ever. That's right. Birthday, Christmas, Valentine's gift for you. Just, I'm only kidding. They were actually weren't expensive. They weren't that expensive. Okay, we well, can get the five hundred dollars tickets. We got no. Thank like God I didn't buy those. Yeah, no kidding. Don't tell everybody how much we spent. Why? Because it's nobody's business. It's one seventy-five. So, um, oh, it's out there. I'm not editing it. I don't care. I don't care. So uh, that's going to be amazing. We're going to be in the room where it happens. And mm-hmm. uh, you have not stopped talking about it since I told you. No. Uh, but normally just, I wouldn't, but I kind of wanted to make sure that you didn't go buy tickets and that you saved the date. Yes. I had to put it on our calendar so, so that we had well, it on there, there. Yes, which is important. But yeah. also, I mean, let's get back to what we're talking about because that's, you know, I'm just, I only bring that up because I'm just telling you, explain to you how my rating system is going to work. How many stars would you give it? I'm going to go three and a half. Oh, three and a half. Brutal. Off. I know. I'm, I know. Brutal. I know that we've been a year in the podcast now. It's made me salty. It's made me real judgy. But I'm, I'm judging it. And not, I'm not even judging it against the movie because that's not fair. I'm judging it on, I guess, other productions at, at the North Shore Music Theater. That's all. Versus other productions we've seen there. That's strictly what I'm judging it against. You know, there was a lot of things I liked about it. But some of the other productions I enjoyed more. Mm. The production, again, nothing to do with even the story. Because that can change. The movies are different. Um, no, I really against other it. productions we've seen, mm-hmm. it was not my favorite production that we've seen. Okay. Did I enjoy myself? Hell yeah. Am I glad we went? Absolutely. Would I go see it again somewhere else? Yes, because I enjoy the story. I mm-hmm. like the story itself. Um, you know, I enjoy the music. I enjoy the, the, the theme of it. Um, you know, I would see it as well. But yeah, Bay, if I had to judge it against other shows we've seen there, like Music Man, and yeah, 
I would give it about three and a half out of five. It's not bad. It's not bad. ABC, you're in the top three. What do you want? So there it is. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about? We have a few more minutes left on the podcast. Uh, no, I've, no, I've you're said good. all I want to say. <laughs> You've talked about everything you want to talk about. I've covered all my. I've covered all the ground I want to cover. There you go. <laughs> oh boy, I remember this night. This <laughs> is just like the first one. All right, gang. Thank you so much. Uh, again, uh, unfortunately, Little Shop of Horrors is now over at the uh, North Shore Music Theater. It went from September 20th through October 2nd. Um, maybe next season, when we start doing other shows, we go to one of the beginner <laughs> shows and drop a podcast so people can actually go and see it after we review it. Not a bad idea. Probably a good, better idea than the last show. And that's, all right, screw you. you I hope you, hope you got to see it because you didn't do bad. It's over. They it's, moved on. Yeah. It's just it's just worked out that way. But again, Kinky Boots, we're going to go see that. And that one is from October 25th through November 6th. Um, you can get your tickets at nsmt.org. Um, and their Instagram and all that is at official nsmt. All right. So it's the North Shore Music Theater in Beverly, Massachusetts. Um, again, it's a wonderful theater. We went uh, an hour, almost an hour ahead of time. Yeah. Which was really the way to go. We got really good parking. Parking can be a little rough if you go later. You park sort of like way down deep, 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 deep roving right field. And it can take a few minutes to get out of there. Um, we got there early. Uh, we parked near the front. We got out there pretty quick. Um, but even more so, we got there, had a drink, had some mm-hmm. popcorn, some pretzel bites, and just sort of sat and talked to some very lovely ladies about the the, the show and whatnot. So before hanging, so we just kind of started to hang out, which we've never done before. No, you we kind of get there just again. a few more, a few minutes before the show starts. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. I think that's the oh, move. Oh, for sure. I think next for Kinky Boots and stuff that we try to get about an hour early, uh, get in there and you know, have a drink and just kind of hang out and then get to our seats. So um, definitely, if you get a chance, gang, please visit the nsmt.org. Um, a great production, great shows, uh, a really fun theater. Mm-hmm. to get to especially you know it's it's not in boston you don't feel like going into boston and fighting boston traffic and things like that and you're looking for good well done you know great production theater uh we definitely suggest it like i said we we, we try to make a few a few shows at least per year over mm-hmm. there uh, now that covid's over we're gonna get back to doing by over i mean it's in a state where we can really get out there and do our thing and uh mass are just a suggestion at that point over there so more safely yep exactly so we're gonna enjoy more in the in the seasons to come and we'll bring those to you as well once you do it so i want to thank amy for being on the show tonight thank you for having me always a fun time we are together um and everybody else we are entertainment rants and entertainmentrants.com you can find us at all of our social media at entertainment rants drop us a line at engageentertainmentrants.com and feel free to drop us a review on apple podcast we'd really like that and we will read it on the show um other than that uh we have some other stuff coming up uh halloween on halloween we're gonna drop our halloween episode mm. where the gang and i review the original you know uh, michael myers halloween with jamie lee curtis uh, and we got some other fun stuff with some of our other special guests like marie and uh rafael moran we got other kind of things i think jason craig from the brain to popcorn he's got another show with me coming up so we got a lot of fun stuff coming up for you guys so hopefully you guys enjoy your tuesday and uh you know we'll keep uh keep ranting everybody bye amy Bye.